0: Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. Yep, here we are. Guys, I have had an incident.
1: <laughs> she's been telling me for days that there's something I she's got to really... tell me
0: about. So sometimes when you build up, you're like, wait, I shouldn't tell Becca about this until we're podcasting yeah, right. because it's a good story for everyone. for the moment. Everyone will enjoy it. And it's better to not do a rerun of telling yeah. Becca on the podcast but then I live in fear that I'll just forget about it that I yeah, had a right. wonderful incident to share with yeah. you all and then then it's gonna just yeah fade to black and I won't have remembered <laughs> so I had to give Becca a bunch of bulletins to not let me forget to tell her the thing so I'm to tell she's her. cracking right out of the
1: starting box here she's yeah. gonna
0: say it right out of the box not even an intro okay just right no. in. right no. into the story but buckle up for this So, (laughs) I I was on the phone with Mom, and I'm going to work out. So, I grab a water bottle out of the drawer, put ice in it, put water in it. It is a water bottle that we specifically purchased for lacrosse and football boys, because it has a straw that can go through the helmet. And then you can okay. squeeze the bottle.
1: I don't even... I just... I'm already stressed about where this is going, but...
0: <laughs> well, I'm talking to mom on the phone, and it's, <laughs> this, it's like a white, clear bottle.
1: Okay. So,
0: it's... Everything about it is very innocent. It just... <laughs> <laughs> and I squeeze the bottle to get a drink of water and and I <laughs> because I am talking to mom on the phone and you know there's like it's like everything slows down you can kind of I don't know it was like a slow motion moment where you're like <laughs> analyzing what's going on <laughs> as it happens but something other than water shoots into my mouth Oh. So I'm like what is Rachel. that? Okay, what is it because what is it? And <laughs> in my rapid fire thought process, I'm try I'm scanning my Rolodex of ideas for what is this in my mouth. And I think it's probably like dried sourdough starter or something like 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 was there like a chunk of something that came out of the straw? Like that's just weird yeah, because okay. I wouldn't have expected that, but I'm like trying to think what could it have been that might have incidentally gotten in this (laughs) water bottle (laughs) so I'm still on the phone with mom and I reach up (laughs) <laughs> to grab no, no, what no, 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 I no. think is going to be like a piece of essentially paper mache out of my mouth. Like I'm like, okay. what is Okay, And in the question, in my mind, the question, I'm like, what is that? i like kind of like pushing it with my tongue in front of my mouth. <laughs> and I reach it and pinch it and I pull out an earwig. <laughs> an earwig. An earwig. what is happening cuz i'm like oh. Open. Uh, but I've never really like tested the, Rachel, Rachel, the texture of an earwig here's like I the did. The problem is that I had a very parallel experience
1: <laughs> to this <laughs> like a week ago. No. Yes, I did. And I haven't told you about What's this wrong either. With us? And I freaked right out over the moon. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, just, I did freak out. It also. was awful because Ben and I sit down to have a glass of wine and like put your feet up in the evening and I'm talking to him as he's walking into the other room. I'm just like casually talking to him. I take a sip of my wine and there's something in it that I quickly like scrape back out on the edge of the wine glass because it was just like, what is that? And I was thinking it was, you know, (gasps) when you get the the leaves in the bottom, you know, like those, I hate that. Uh, that's what I was rapid fire thinking. It's like, <laughs> oh, I got one of those chunks, and I hate that. So I scraped the edge. It is a black fly. No! Yeah, no! Yeah, no! It, what is no, God judging it been, for something? I don't know. It was stuck on the inside of my upper lip. No! Yes, and I scraped it out, and it was just stuck on the edge, waving <laughs> its little legs. <laughs> and I just, I was like, <laughs> And then Ben had to come back and I was like, I can't, I can't
0: look you take it. I can't. Oh. Well, one time I will remember yeah, that, this is a, that I, was, I was sweeping and for inexplicable reasons, this is back at when I still lived at mom and dad's. Okay. But I think that there had been popcorn, but there might not have been, but I was sweeping <laughs> and I was talking and I had stopped sweeping to talk with someone. And I was barefoot (coughs) and felt something under my toes which I thought was a piece of popcorn. And so I was having this conversation while I was weirdly like in your, in your subconscious doing yeah. research on yeah. the texture of this popcorn right. with my toes, because I right. was like, what is that? And I'm kind of like <laughs> patting it with my toes. <laughs> <laughs> until I just until my like I wasn't getting answers. It was like yeah. it was like my brain was like, We still can't tell. You should look. You should yeah. use your eyeballs. Yeah. And I that was a wolf spider. <gasps> I was just patting it. Oh, no. Patting it with my toes. You're <laughs> just big hideous spider standing there and I'm oh. just dabbling my toes <laughs> and thinking for inexplicable reasons it was a piece of popcorn. <laughs> and why? Because I have no practice of patting popcorn with, with my toes either.
1: My, it was just
0: like a weird it's so accident. Bad.
1: It's so bad. I know. And you know what was interesting is right after I had this experience with my black fly trauma um, in apologetics, I was making them analyze different. Anyway, it's a long story. Why we we're doing this in apologetics is a long story. But we're analyzing, like, how artistic expressions have meaning as well as the, like, actual... Content. Lyrical content of a song. You know, you have, like, the musical expression and then you have the sure. lyrical expression. Anyway, so I was making them listen to some 90s music because if ever there was a genre that expressed a mood, it was some 90s grunge. Oh, not true. But I was... I turned on... um Alanis Morissette um, isn't it ironic mm-hmm. you know? because fussy fuss fuss town is what that song sounds like and you don't have to know anything about right. grunge to know that that's the mood that it's channeling mm-hmm. anyhow it's like one of her lines is like a black fly in your chardonnay <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I know about that too well like Alanis I sings the songs of the people stuck the on people. the side of my lip <laughs> last night the people who were really bothered about these things it wasn't things. Chardonnay but other than that she nailed it <laughs> and the mood that I felt
0: <laughs> you wanted to score oh wanted to oh, see yeah oh yeah. man i just was really quite struggled with this insect no, it's problem good, I because mean. i it's just like there's one of those things that you're like was it really the worst thing in the whole universe like, to get an earwig in my why? mouth it wasn't why but rachel it's so gross. did
1: both of us have to have a bug in our mouth this i week? think it's
0: symbolic there's something we yeah. no doubt deserve worse but this is what the <laughs> lord said to us it's like i always think that mice are a form of judgment yeah (laughs) yeah when you get mice in your house so I've been
1: getting this little ad in social media that I'm I'm considering having to just find out but it's about deterring mice by means of little packets that they don't want to smell and I'm like Mm -hmm. you're supposed to stick them around right now before they want to come in during the cold but apparently it's sort of like essential oils that they don't like <laughs> so I'm like mm-hmm. is it real is it real is or is this fake? one of these lies on social media
0: yeah this is the time when we need to up our our game on resistance I know. to the mice I know. but everything is such an interwoven problem because you could get a cat outside to hunt the mice but I, I but then you have a like cat. birds more than I hate mice I think <laughs> right now yeah. the scales have not tipped yeah. All the way in that yeah. direction. So, yeah, I'm not really ready to resist to the point of cats yet. <laughs> no, and I'm allergic to cats, so. So am I, which is why a cat can't be an inside thing. No. And then you're like, but we have a dog, and then we have a cat, and then the coyotes that eat the cat, and then. Yeah, it's all it a circle seem, of life situation. It really, it totally is a circle of life problem. Yeah,
1: so maybe get the essential oil packets and call it a yeah, day. Yeah, maybe it's worth trying. It's some kind of peppermint oil in there that the mice don't want to have anything to do with. Huh.
0: Well, the problem with these things is it's very hard to tell if they've helped you or not. No, I know. I know. No real answers there. <laughs> Yeah. So. uh, Oh, Oh,
1: hey, one thing that we did do, I noticed this, but then we did get a note regarding it. One or two weeks ago, we began to assess the question of how do you be a friend to someone who's deconstructing their faith. Oh, and then we just walked away from it. What we did is we stated the problem. And then we just never came to answer it.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that was big of us. We distracted
1: ourselves. And we never came back to talk about it. So,
0: maybe we ought to. Yeah. You know. Man, this is one of those things, though. That kind of question. How How do you faithfully friend someone who's not doing a good job at the moment? Or who is, you know, going through something that is of their own making. You know, like going through... Mm -hmm. consequences of things you know and going through the problem is how many variables there actually are in that that genuinely shift the nature of what you should do so it makes it way harder to talk in principles when it's like part of the question is always going to be trying to figure out what kind of a case is this because one thing that I think is important and I'm probably gonna not, I'm probably gonna massacre this because it's because, okay it's in the, it's in Westminster Confession of Faith, but it's about how, like, so for instance, if your natural family has someone in it who is excommunicated, Mm -hmm. you, Westminster is not requiring people to refuse to share table fellowship with someone in their natural family who is Not walking with the Lord. Okay. So that's because it's a different situation. So like, for instance, if you have a sister who was excommunicated or wasn't but should have been or something, you are not required to cut them out of your life entirely in ways that, like, if you're still going to see them at Thanksgiving and Christmas and whatever, there's Uh nothing... There's no prohibition at all from that kind of fellowship. But the thing that's important to say is that it's not Christian fellowship. It's the the fellowship of a natural family. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's a different relationship. So, in a way, you should react far more extremely to someone in your church body who... Behaves maybe the way your sister, you know, like basically what I'm trying to say is you shouldn't still be getting together for coffee dates and to hang out with someone who is, who has been excommunicated, who you have no other ties to mm-hmm. if you're not actively pursuing them on that point all the time. Right. Right. But it, but in a family situation, you might have the kind of situation that is, You need to have expressed clearly Mm -hmm. your position. You need to have expressed that you think that they're in sin or that you think that they need the gospel. You want to know that they've heard it. You want to, but you don't need to make every encounter about that.
1: No, and like, let's say for instance, it's not your sister, but it is your mother or your father then it's important for them to know what you think. But also, you still have the duty to be a faithful child of theirs. Which maybe means not fighting about it every single time you see them. You know, like, you still owe them honor
0: and respect. So, like, let's say that your mom left your dad in a biblically inappropriate way. Fast forward some years, and she's married to a new man, and she's a grandma, and... That still hasn't all been put right. You know, like all the sin yep. that happened back then hasn't been put right. You would be morally obligated to have made it clear that you think there's something there that should have been put right. Right. But you do not need to walk into her house and start that conversation every time. No. If you have been clear. But let's say that
1: it's a friend and the only reason you see each other on a regular regular basis is because you both really like, um, whatever. What is it that made you friends in the first place? You both really hit biking. it off. Because, yeah, you like biking. Or you were in the same spin class or something. And so you started getting together on that basis. Then the sin in her life far outweighs what you have in common with her in the love of spin class. Mm-hmm. So... But, like, if it's your mother or your sister, then that natural tie that you have with them is different, you know? So, Mm -hmm. it is having to weigh out which category are we looking at.
0: And I think that one of the things that makes this such a muddle for people is that we don't have a really solid view of what friendship is about and for in the first place. So, like, when you said maybe this is someone who you know from spin class... I think that there's a lot of making your life much more miserable in this regard. I'm trying to think of how to go about saying this the best. Okay. I think I've said this on here before that we tell our kids their classmates are not their friends. Their classmates are their acquaintances, like their co-workers. Uh And that your friends. They may be your friends. They might. Some of them may be your friends. But... The friendship is a thing that God actually tells us to be very careful about who we are yeah. friends with. So you don't want to go into your life open totally for a kind of friendship that's totally unbiblical in the first place. So, well, like, I
1: think a lot of people are hungry for that. And so they look around for any human to fill that need.
0: Right. But I, that's what I think you can, instead of being a. Like, like, I just mean, it's. you could be like, oh, we laughed at the same jokes at yeah. spin class. So this is my good friend. And I'm going to try to draw closer and closer to this person. Until there's something that makes it really plain that you're actually served different masters. Right? right. You're, you're actually not mm-hmm. on the same page. And I think that that's a really bizarre thing that can happen even within churches. Is people who are in a church, but actually not on board theologically or not. Mm -hmm. Um, like they're just there, but they're not, Mm -hmm. they aren't actually all in. Well, like there are some gardeners that I follow on Instagram
1: that have really, really lovely gardens. Um, but it was very odd because they found dear, dear, dear friends on Instagram during quarantine and so there are these ladies that like have a podcast together and all this stuff they've never met in real life they just like each other's instagram photos Mm. so it is a very peculiar thing yeah when you have like these friendships can form over very small details yeah and then like somebody who is burning their life down but you're like, but I just love her garden. It's just so beautiful. And so I'm going to stay faithful to my friendship
0: with her. Because That's we a... have so much in common about the wisteria. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, wait a minute. And I actually think this is one of those things that is actually solved for us. If you are you yourself are all in on your faith, then the only yeah. place that you will be naturally really attracted to fellowship will be people who are also all in on their faith which eliminates a lot of this because if you're actually just being like you don't understand we both drop our kids off at the same time and that's the foundation of our incredible right. friendship right well of course there's going to be major chasms and other things coming up and aside i was remembering today in the sermon In the during the sermon, I was thinking we talked last week about the God's weird sorting mechanism, right? And today, I it sort of struck me how that was the whole now have them drink from the stream and whoever laps Mm -hmm. like a dog Mm -hmm. goes Mm -hmm. home. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, the Lord has used weird sorting mechanisms before this time. Exactly, that was a random aside from last week. But back to the friendship concept is that. If you look at your life way more as a Pilgrim's Progress uh, journey. Right. Then who are your friends in that context? And they shouldn't be the people that you met at Vanity Fair. And they shouldn't be the people... That are calling to you to get off the trail yeah. and come do something. And Not unless you
1: corralled them out of an <clears throat> Fair to come with you down the right, road. Right, but
0: I just mean the metaphor of that you're on a pilgrimage to a heavenly city. Mm-hmm. Like you are on the celestial city. You are on a pilgrimage and everything is your sanctification. Everything is your growth in Christ. Everything is, a, is yeah. about that. It does really help... Filter what you're doing in but friendships see, because I, it's not all about camping out in places with people who have the same taste as you do.
1: Well, have you ever met one of those girls who is clearly so desperate for any guy, any guy to like her, that her requirements are simply that he be a guy? hmm Like, that is the end... You know, the full sum total of what she's looking for in life. And I feel like that is obviously desperate and sad. But I think some people are exactly like that with friendship. Because Mm -hmm. it's just a person. Like, are you going to smile at me and be pleasant? Perfect.
0: That's what I was looking for. You're my
1: friend. And so, and I think that there are plenty of people that you can have something in common with. Like... Maybe it's somebody who's got great advice on sourdough or somebody who you admire their needlepoint skills or somebody that you would look up for advice on But those are really, those are really
0: acquaintances with a skill that you... That you
1: could have a pleasant conversation with and you might be able to like laugh with them and you might be able to have a very interesting chat about something. Right, but... You do not
0: share, but it's that's a not the same thing life. and it's not the same thing as a companion, like a friend who is yeah. actually going the same way as you're going, breaking bread with you felt like that you have to have a higher standard for that than you because it matters. This is why scripture is very uh what's the word I'm looking for it's It's clear, but it's also very stern about friendship. Like, yeah. it does not give us the idea that it's neither here nor there who you are right. spending your time with. who right. Like, being a companion of fools or of mockers or of... Like, there's a lot of
1: warnings. But the thing is, is sometimes you find yourself in the position of, you thought you had that. You thought this was somebody who shared those things. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, there they are. They're the one well, deconstructing that's the, that's the
0: halo... Phenomenon.
1: sometimes and sometimes somebody really does take a bad sudden swerve right in their like, life.
0: like you thought this was a fellow homeschooling mom who was really into curriculum ideas and you thought that this was a companion and maybe she was for well, a she was while for a time and then yeah. all of a sudden she's like i just got into this whole new thing where i gotta go find myself right and, then yeah. and you'd be like well and that's That was sort of the situation that I felt like the question we first got in the first place was saying: How do I continue to walk alongside someone who just chose a wildly divergent path? And the answer is, you do not. Like, you say, "Well, then, see you later." Like, except, no, you do. You don't. That is not not the same thing. That is not the same thing as saying that is not the same thing as saying you cut off all contact yeah there we go it's and because what I'm saying is the communication of fellowship and we're co-laboring right all of a sudden now what you have is a ministry opportunity yes. that it may be in your text messages like yes. now it's all about it's different it is a different see, dynamic
1: maybe this is a coworker, and you see them every day so it's not like we're saying cut them out of your life completely or something but you can't go on pretending like your best buds and and oh the fact that you're phoning in your faith and your family that won't come between us friends
0: never would that be a thing right like you have to
1: say look i need to be a faithful friend to you which means i'm going to say what is true and that is this is a terrible thing you're doing And if you say, this is a terrible thing you're doing, then most likely your friend won't be excited to have you around very often anymore. So you have to be willing to sacrifice your friendship for the truth. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people want to preserve the friendship in the hopes that you can... Come back to the truth sometime. Like we can circle back around. I think that's
0: really common to have a hope that you being nice and you being constant will be the tie, the thing that brings mm-hmm. them back. But the reality is it won't be them getting back in fellowship with God is the only way that the tie between you can still be. And you
1: don't, you don't want to be enabling them because no. if you if you allow them to do atrocious things to their family and betray their faith and <clears throat> their vows and everything else, but you're there to let them down gently so they don't suffer too, too many much. consequences. Yeah. Then that really is not you being faithful to them. Um, you know, so I think that's, that's a very important. Also, like, I remember hearing some Christians one time in a Bible study context asking for prayer. This is not here at our church. It was a different church. And they were asking for prayer for various friends. You know, they were like going around and we were gonna pray for people. And some of them, I was so just, I didn't even have a category for it because they were like, well, I am really just needing prayer because I would like to invite my dear friend, whatever, to this outreach, this Christian outreach. And that's going to be really an awkward conversation because she doesn't know I'm a Christian and <laughs> it's like, and it's like, can I, oh, I'm going to come been, out of the closet. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've been friends for 10 years and we go <laughs> clubbing every weekend and she just doesn't know I'm a Christian. So I'm trying to figure out how, how to, to broach, let her down, softly. how to broach the subject and invite her to an outreach. And I, See, the thing about that is that's someone who feels like if they sneak up with friendship, then they can win this person and over. And you're like,
0: the funny part is that you've been invited to all of her outreaches, and you've gone. Like, like she doesn't know you're a Christian, but you certainly know where she is, and you've been there with her. But the thing is, I was like, yeah, I see why that's an awkward
1: conversation. <laughs> but the thing is, is, Surprise! Is, is, I think there's this mistaken notion that... If I can build up this friendship and then once the friendship is really strong, yeah. then from that vantage point, then I can witness to this person yes. rather than saying like, actually that's a really goofy way of approaching the situation because right. you will, once you have built up this friendship, then you're too worried about risking it. And yeah. so then, then you're like, well, I can't say anything now. Cause that would risk this friendship yeah, that I've worked total, so long to mess. build so I think the thing is, you have to have your—you have to be willing to put your friendship on the altar and say, "God, do with well, it what okay, you want." Okay,
0: and this is a thing that I think is really important and possibly just the key to a lot of this is that what you actually need to practice and know that you can do and pray for the grace and the words and the strength to do it is being totally loving but also immovable in your conviction. Yeah. And if you're immovable in your conviction and you're not ashamed of your conviction, you're not like, I'm so humiliated yeah. that I think my friend may not leave her husband for this reason. Right. Or I'm really embarrassed but I feel like I ought to tell them that they shouldn't be an abortionist or something. The The thing is, is let's say that you had a friendship with and this is obviously an extreme example. Let's say that you have a long-term friend who is your friend like a neighbor. Or, you know, someone that you've had, you get along, your friends, whatever. Who decides who's taking some horrible path like this. Like, I've decided to start working at the Planned Parenthood or something. Okay. You, there's no reason for you to say, I will not speak to you anymore they will do that themselves if you still believe the truth and you're not ashamed to say it and this is the thing that's funny is that people think you would be the one closing the door on the friendship you don't need to be the one closing Mm -hmm. the door on the friendship as long as they want to come As long as they are willing to see you with you being willing to speak truth, then you don't need to be trying to distance yourself. But you do, and and I want to mention again that we're not talking here about natural family relationships or like if your husband is an unbeliever or something. But I'm saying you don't need to worry about... The like thinking that you have to say, I won't speak to you again right. sometime. They will not want yeah. to be around you if they're not willing to hear the truth. Right. If they're willing to still hear things from you, then you just trust the Lord that He will use it right. somehow and you don't hide it. You don't hide you right. know and one thing that i would say i totally recommend you do in this awkward space where you think your your friend or your acquaintance or or i think it's can be trickiest with those people that you don't know what you would have called them it's someone that yeah. you know well enough to feel obligated to say something but not so well sure. that you are yeah. you know whatever and okay. um, i think a really important part of this is that you just you can just carry on being yourself and they yeah. will eliminate themselves from the conversation. Yeah. If not, then I think God's doing something there. Like yeah. if they're still willing to hear from you. But you can put a pin in things that's not always being the the fire hose of rebuke every yeah. time you see them. Yeah. You can say things like, if you've already been clear with them... Mm-hmm say things, and I, this is something I would do in Facebook comments or anywhere, is just say you know I don't agree with that because I'm a Christian. Right? Right? Or you already know that I think this is a terrible thing you're doing because I'm a Christian. If you're willing to talk more with me about that, I'd love to talk to you. Like, that's a yeah. thing that I will do where you know you need to express you, but you don't need to fire hose all the reasons now, you think they're ruining their life. The thing is, is that right now, I can guarantee you, though,
1: that when somebody is doing that little deconstructing their faith, it is very likely going to be not a theological assertion that they're making. It's going to be, I was traumatized by the church when I was yeah. young. Yep. It's gonna be no, but you don't understand what I suffered at the hands of the religious.
0: No, it will be. You don't know what it's like to have been in a loveless marriage where the church says you're supposed to yeah. stay there, but and you don't, don't know understand. what it was like to yeah. have a
1: father who was patriarchal and a church that insisted you obey him. Whatever it is, they're gonna have a very sad tale of victimhood, and that's going to be the same as an argument. Yeah, right. Like that's actually used
0: now in place so of
1: an argument yeah we've got people can probably hear these geese. can big packs but they're, of geese they're just flying really pretty head.
0: they are I should have taken a picture of that mm-hmm. squadron yeah they
1: flew over but I just mean people will use their their sad tale of woe as an argument
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: let's just pause and notice not an argument Yeah, and so it and it can feel like when you're trying to figure out how to answer somebody like that, that can feel difficult because you're like, well, I've heard her story and she really did have some terrible things happen. Mm -hmm. But that that impacts the truth in what way? You know, yeah, it doesn't. It does not affect what is true and what is false, and and um, we we have bought way too much into sort of modern categories if we think the fact that she had a hard childhood or the fact that she had an abusive husband means that she has a right to no
0: that it means that she lives walk in a away from the truth that she has a different truth system than every human now
1: it might mean that it's a difficult conversation to have and it probably does mean that
0: almost certainly but don't allow it
1: like because i think that that is taken as a um you know how when kids are playing a sort of a playground game where base it's kind of like yes i'm on base that means you can't do anything to me and you know how the rules are always they sort of fluctuate on what's base or how many people can Mm -hmm. be on base or what are the rules of base or do you have to be sitting down to be on base or just have to be touching it with your foot This is too base. There's a lot. Yeah, it is base. You can't touch me. I'm on on Mm -hmm. base. These days, if someone has a sad story, they're basically saying, you can't touch me. I'm on base. Whatever I think, feel, or decide, you have to affirm because I'm on base because I had something sad happen to me. And you have to be able to like, in some cases, you have to be able to acknowledge, yeah, that's terrible what happened. But also, that's not relevant to this other discussion, which is, does God exist, and do you owe Him, right? You know, obedience and worship.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't actually refute. No. Anything. No. It all, all it does is evade feeling like anybody wants to pin you to the wall with your art. Like it makes people yeah. not. It makes people not want to deal with And you. And
1: I think this is a point that dad makes in various places but if like let's say it was some horrible pastor that you know did all the things and was terrible mm-hmm. and that was the religious person in your life when you were young you know and that's your sad story um, basically he was a traitor to the faith mm-hmm. and he was a terrible person and so in essence, why would you decide then to join him on the other team? It's a great
0: question. It's one because, of it's one of the <laughs> devil's most effective recruiting devices. Right. It's is to like, have everyone rebelling against other sinners into more sin. Yeah, you know? but it's
1: just kind of like, oh, did he turn out to be like a total hypocrite and actually opposed to everything that you know, it's true, Mm -hmm. good and beautiful. Ah, you should definitely go over there with him then. Abandon (laughs) the true, the good and the beautiful. By all
0: means (laughs) leave off a place that would give you any reason to condemn this behavior. Leave off any premises of actual goodness or truth or morality. Right. So I just think that like,
1: I think people want to, if somebody has a sad story and so now they're deconstructing their faith Everybody feels like they need to give them this huge amount of space in which to do it. Mm-hmm. But that's really not
0: Don't. helpful. No, it isn't. And I, I also suppose that people probably use all kinds of terminology that they, that they could have. They're so funny. Geese are like... You know in the winter here there will be like fields of geese. Yeah. And Luke is always like... It's just like God gave us big meat popsicles that you just know like you wouldn't even have to have good weaponry to really snag one of those they're just (laughs) nobody we don't really eat them but if were we to be pioneers we would find that to be a really helpful yeah a really helpful thing that goes on sorry little sidetrack there um i totally lost the thread of what we were talking about talking about not walking away from the faith because other people are doing it. But you want to be really careful to not also compromise with what you're willing to hear. I think I said I said this a long time ago. And actually, this is like a weird mashup of things. Grandpa Jim says this. To stop studying Mormonism or whatever to be able to refute a Mormon. He was like, you don't need... To know all All of the details of what Mormons believe you need to know the truth you need to know the gospel and that's way more important Mm -hmm. than feeling like you have to actually be an expert on Mormonism before you can talk to a Mormon about Uh about leaving it and that's true of these sorts of things because the thing is is that women are really just gonna say it me and scripture women are gullible so, what's a really bad idea for you is to be like, I'm going to enter into this malaise that my friend is having. I'm going to read all of her bad bookery and hold her hand as she wades through mm-hmm. all of this stuff. A lot of the time, that is like you're being pulled down. Like, I, and I will remember. Probably forever, which is funny. My fourth grade teacher giving us a demon a live classroom demonstration of how hard it is if someone's standing on a table to pull them off. Like the person down below holding their hand. Okay. How easy it is to pull a person off of a table. Versus it's how easy or it's it not is. Easy. It is easy compared to the person on the table lifting the person down below up to their level. Okay, (laughs) it was some kind of a friendship demonstration about that don't think it's the same exertion of force for you to reach out in friendship to someone who's in a bad place. Like you could just do that and lift them up easily versus how easily they could pull you down to where they are. And if your primary goal is to be sympathetic and understanding and then you decide to wade through the sewage of their life with that premise that you're going to be sympathetic and understanding. There's a really good likelihood that you will be way too sympathetic and understanding and you will also be led astray. And this is why I think, I mean, I think that this is what happens all over the place with women's study books about stuff that are not actually anchored strongly in scripture they're just Mm -hmm. sort of like laying out the rules of empathy and how we're supposed to do this and women just get it in their heads that this is how christian women are supposed to behave is like coming into your pain and sitting here with you and weeping with you and never you mind whether the pain is is one that I'm supposed to participate in or not. You know, like, never mind if it is, you know, lies. Never mind if it... You know, yep. there's objective standards out there. Objective yep. truth. Yep. So, that's a whole lot of different angles on <laughs> principles that might pertain or might not pertain to you. Exactly. But I think that's why we haven't really super... It It's too many... Variations. It's a very
1: case by case, I would think, sort of situation. But you have to ask yourself, like, I, I do think having rightly ordered priorities in terms of how, what do I owe this person? Is it your mother? Is it your sister? Is it your sister-in-law? Or is it just, you know, a coworker or a fellow parent of a kindergartner you know like how, yeah those are different levels of responsibility totally and then how long have you been a friend and how close are you to them how bad is the tubing that they're participating well, in right so now So, like
0: here's an example that I would like these are places where I think women are likely to not do well so on the one hand I think if women generate the energy and the nerve to say a clear thing hmm They have a hard time holding back. They have a hard time doing that and then still being gracious and kind. Yes, And, and, but another thing that I would say is like, let's just put it in a situation. Like, let's say it is your sister and she is becoming a lesbian and you say clearly to her, here's why. You should not be doing this. Here Mm -hmm. is why. Like this is an offense against God. This is whatever. But let's say that she uh, is professing. She's a professing Christian. Just going to a super liberal church. And you Mm -hmm. just have reached an impasse with each other. Where she won't listen to what you say. And whatever. You can go forward in your life being kind to her. But what, without having to talk about this every single time, you talk, you see her, right. but you cannot be kind to her in a way that ever affirms what she's doing. Right. Which means if she's like, we decided to get married, you cannot say, "That's nice," okay. or "I'm happy for no. you," no. or "I." What you, the only thing open to you is to say, "I I'll love you." I'll be for praying you. for you. <laughs> you know what I think of this, and that's not changed, but I still love you. You cannot be the person who, having one time expressed moderate disapproval, then goes on to affirm all the time their bad choices. Like, you don't do that. You don't want to later
1: undercut the force of your remarks the first time. Right. But you don't need to re-say them every time either. But don't don't, like, basically take them back by proceeding as if there's nothing amiss amiss, and, and that made no difference at all. But you also don't have to cut them out. And, you know, like it's just...
0: It's, yeah, it's complicated. It is complicated. But also I think it's an area that God clearly wants his people trying to learn wisdom in because it's a thing that happens. I mean, it, yeah. it is a thing that we have to deal with all the
1: time. And I think being willing to see through... The sad story as an argument—that's a really big deal.
0: Yes, because it is. A
1: sad story is not the same as an argument, and so don't don't allow it to help. Oh, tag- buckle up. Oh, I not buckle. <laughs> um,
0: don't allow it to have the force of an argument with you. Right, and don't act like, oh wow, you got me there. You know, or right. you like this was the death blow to biblical? morality was the fact that you had a hard childhood. Right. Like and and it's hard because those are not easy arguments to make, but the reality no. is that without without God's righteousness, we have no measure of human abuse or tragedy. Like like only God's holiness gives us a right to think things are wicked. Yeah. And and so to throw that all away is I mean You don't want to act like their experience of something bad. I think I think a lot of this comes
1: back to the fact that, with our parenting, we want our kids to learn to have self control over their emotions, Uh which means teaching them from a young age to be able to like, okay, you've cried. Now you need to get a hold of yourself. Stop crying. Take a deep breath. Blow it out. All right, we're gonna be Uh done. Now you're gonna calm down you know like having that ability i think if it's your friend you don't have the parental authority but it's the same principle of like just because somebody's wanting to have a complete emotional meltdown and wallow in it for the next three years doesn't mean that you have to just stand by and let it happen until it's
0: done oh my word no kidding but also don't take it and I think that this is probably at the heart of people not handling this kind of thing well is that if you have a weirdly dependent friendship if you have let yourself be a really needy friend to someone like this there's actually a ton of personal insult in it like yeah that it's that you're actually there because of your own hurt feelings and you're there kind of having that trying mm-hmm. to get something still from someone right. who is and and that's just i think really a sign that this was not a healthy relationship in the first place like like the um i might use that example of say you had a a homeschooling mom who was your buddy but that through the years you maybe became way too dependent on her as your you know it just it built into something that was maybe too needy or codependent or whatever you just got too into this friendship well if she starts flaming off part of it is that you're being really hurt by something that should not you should not have been that available to be sure like women can treat friendships like marriages and but the, the thing is
1: it is hard to see anybody doing that and it doesn't matter if you were codependent or not, it's just as hard to see it happen.
0: So I know it is it's heavy. It's heavy because you can start to feel like if I could just say the right thing, it would fix this and and you know, often that isn't the case. I just mean there's a zillion ways to look at it. Like is this a is this so hard because I put it out you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. did I did I make myself too yeah, too available for this hurt. Two yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also is my outrage at their immorality or their sin more because it hurt our friendship than because it defied yeah. Go God. Ahead. Yeah. And like is that and part of that is that the reason I brought that up in the first place is that if so, you're gonna you will find that it's very hard to state clearly what's wrong and still be loving towards them and it will instead be the thing of like and this is a thing that we would tell moms to not do with little kids not let your not let their sin be like hurt your feelings right and not be trying to rebuke them for sin by saying don't you know how sad this makes me because because if your friend is flaming off the sin is not that they are hurt your feelings no The sin is something that actually has nothing to do with your feelings. No, it's that they're rebelling against God. Right, and And so if you're finding yourself where everything you want to say is about, don't you see how this leaves me alone, and don't you see how... Then if all the things that are on your mind to say is about how you are hurt, then there's something wrong there, you know, and you need to ask God to give you... Real clarity on what actually happened there that you should speak about, yeah. and not just sort of be venting all your feelings right. at them. Also, right?
1: Man, well, this is a Debbie Downer of a we, topic. Well,
0: but we also really went the scatter shot direction. We'd, I think it's, I think it's the kind of question that can only be answered either with a very specific situation, or just like we did with the I shotgun don't I kind approach. I feel
1: like we just kind of had a t-shirt cannon that we just.
0: <laughs> fired at random into the crowd sometimes it was a t-shirt might have been a hot dog you got we don't know we don't know what we sent out there into the void think about this or conversely think about that but you know it was a step up from what we can do in our worst moods oh, which is true. never say anything objective but argue with each other anyways where we argue mm-hmm. against the direction we think the other may be leading people to lean. Seeking to go. That's right. <laughs> I see where you're leaning, and I lean. turn against it, and I lean the other against way. Against it, yeah. A big it's elusive. Good. We've never gotten in
1: and just argued. It's always like, but wait, wouldn't you Wouldn't you prefer to <laughs> state it this way? And be like, well, I don't think I would. I, I feel I, like I, I would think state it the other
0: way. The best is when we do that, but then we just have to pause it to be like, here's the kind of situation I'm <laughs> talking about. Because then we're like, oh, that's what you meant. Like I had something totally different I was different jumping to other conclusions about <laughs> what you were talking <laughs> about. Anyways. All this is to say, friendship is a really important part of the Christian life, but it is an important part of the Christian life in what kind of a friend you are and what kind of a person you take as a friend. Like, yeah. it's not an important part of the Christian life in the sense that if you don't have a, a bosom buddy on hand right now, you're missing out of the Christian right. life. Uh it's an important part of just applied Christianity is yeah. are you faithfully, are you faithfully trudging heavenward and consequently whose company are you in and who are you encouraging other people who are going the right way? You know, like, are you, I think in, uh, Pilgrim's progress, there are some of these, uh, char- you know, the characters are named things that are just right on the dot, right on the <laughs> nose and, but talkative, <laughs> talkative yeah um <laughs> but then there's one like um mr Greatheart yeah. or something like and i have thought of this before like if you were if you were a character what would you be right what name would sum you up as yeah. a friend in someone else's journey heavenward Complainy pants yeah Or uh, yeah like <laughs> uh Mrs. Derogatory <laughs> joined us or meant uh, what would be a good one of Saggy
1: Attitude is here <laughs>
0: uh, yes or I was going to say Mrs. Too Quick to Drink Wine <laughs> comes along and yeah. joins us you know there's so many if there's so many ways it's like if you had to boil down all of your behavior and the way that you yeah. deal with other people yeah. into one name yeah he i yeah
1: and that's and a you good you don't want it to be confrontational bob you know like <laughs> you just don't want to be that one but you, you have to be ready to do it occasionally but yeah but but
0: that's a, and that's a great thing in um who is it that come gets him gets him out of it's been a long time since I've read it. That gets him out of the castle. Is it cheerful or gosh, you know uh, what? I'm somebody thinking
1: of in in the Fairy Queen, it's Arthur who gets him out of the,
0: the Yeah, no, I'm thinking dungeon. about the about the um yeah. I think it might be Great Heart at one point who's like anyways, is it Stan No. But what it's I'm not trying Stan, to no. stay, say here anyway is, is John it Buchan, isn't the it? people who are <laughs> <laughs> the people? I was like, that doesn't sound right. The people who are most like it's not—they're not a rebuker because of because their character is rebuke. It's because they're cheerful or because they're joyful or because they're yeah. Uh, um, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not—it's not because they just go around rebuking everyone. Hold on, I—I'm really. We did hear a person faithful. one time. There's faithful. Is yeah. It. I
1: think... Um, Faithful's the one who dies, though, in Vanity Fair. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um,
0: okay, there is... Remember some Christian one time Christian evangelist say, obstinate. That's one that I'd obstinate. rather not be. Right. Uh, pliant. Oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's real. Worldly wise men. Ms. goodwill Chameleon. The interpreter. <laughs> uh... The uh, faithful, Mister Talkative, Lord Hate Good, <laughs> <laughs> Hopeful, and I think it might be Hopeful who who hopeful, has and get the key out of their pockets, right? Um, the giant Despair, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm
1: mixing it up with Fairy Queen and Orgoglio, who's got Red Cross down in the dungeon, and and Arthur has to come get him out. Mm. Um.
0: Anyway, we should stop talking now because look how yeah. far over we've gone. Uh, I like Mr. Despondency and his daughter Much Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the ones that I think we would all like to be. Valiant for Truth. There's a good one. Mm-hmm. Stand Fast is one, Beck. Uh, oh, I was right. Yeah. Madam Bubble. I think we should not want to be that one. Madam Bubble a No. say no. But I like the... uh, I like that thing. Much afraid. His daughter, much afraid. (laughs) There's just things that's like a good... If that's a summary... Yeah. Like, you know what? Let's let's lean into a different... Yeah. A different approach. Yeah. All right. Well, here we are. We've dragged on long enough. Do you have a tip, Becca? Do I have a tip? Um,
1: no. How about you?
0: Um... Did I already give my focaccia and hummus tip?
1: Well, you did want. Oh, no, that was in one of our delete episodes because mm. you were taking umbrage at what I said about bread in oh, your right. We did. Oh, my <laughs> word.
0: We went on a horrible <laughs> tangent where we stared at each other and couldn't understand each other. About frozen bread. Uh-huh. So it was good that, so that, we that got, you. So, Ben, back your dirty opinions. <laughs> It's not. She didn't have dirty opinions. Oh, my word. Uh, but I make sourdough bread all the time. But I also sometimes forget that I was making sourdough bread and leave it on the counter overnight. Okay. Which is what led me to do this the first time. So I just dumped it out. I have a big oven, so it was all four loaves worth into a big one big sheet pan. Okay. But You'd need to do more than one if you have a... That would take up a lot. I mean... Get what I'm saying, more than one sheet pan if you're not using full-size pans. But I would drizzle olive oil on it, dump the dough out on it, flip it over, spread it out by poking your fingers all through it, get it all spread out, and then salt and herbs de Provence and put it, bake it at 450 until it is done. Cut it with a pizza wheel. And I freeze it in sandwich bags for my kids to take in their lunches with homemade hummus. And it's actually unbelievably delicious that way. It's like one of the world's most indulgent lunches.
1: Yeah, that is amazing. And can I just take a second here to say that my very favorite favorite hummus recipe is from the Jerusalem cookbook.
0: Yeah. And I've never made it, and I should
1: because I have the cookbook. It is well, and I don't know cuz I've never like sat down and like compared it to other hummus recipes, but I've made hummus and, you know, before. Right. And this is the one that I just really love. So, if you're gonna make hummus, that's my tip. Do the one from the Jerusalem Cookbook.
0: Well, there you go. You got a tip out of us this week. Yeah, lucky you guys. (laughs) All all right, bye bye. Okay, bye.